successful, some would say unstoppable business models and beautiful acreages all are being destroyed by Marxism. All coming up on the Adrian Slade Show. The presidential motorcade was just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show. Entertainment used to do a thing called entertain. But now they don't. And it makes you wonder, why is everyone destroying their business models for political ends? I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. The NFL season kickoff down from 2019 as 19.3 million tune in. Digital numbers up to near record. That's the update. This is from Deadline. The game ended over 12 hours ago, and now the final numbers are in from last night's NFL season opener. The primetime matchup between the victorious Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texas snarled 19.3 million viewers on NBC. That's a fumble of 12.3% from the Green Bay Packers-Chicago Bears opening game of the 2019-2020 season on September 5th, 2019. With racial justice center stage at the beginning of last night's game, the contest between the reigning Super Bowl champions and the Lone Star State team is just a touch over the nine-year low of the weather-delayed 2018 season opener. And, you know, there's some people out there saying, well, you know, it was a, a blowout game. We've been in lockdown for six months with no sports, with all of our binging choices running out on us. I would think if the first game of the NFL opening back up from coronavirus lockdown uh, happened, a lot of people would probably tune in. But you've littered us with kneeling. In fact, they did it on 9-11 of all all things. On the anniversary of September 11th, the attacks on the World Trade Center in the Pentagon and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, you're going to kneel for the anthem? But But it's the political end that matters. It's always the political end that matters. You're, you will destroy your business model to advance Marxism or advance degradation. <laughs> I mean, look what, look what Netflix is doing. Cuties. I, we talked about this, this show before. Cuties is this art film made by this French uh, producer. And she decided she was going to make the struggle of, you know, the uh, coming of age movie of these three young girls who end up becoming, or four young girls ended up becoming some, some dance contest where they're twerking. It was basically like a little Miss Sunshine in real life. You remember at the end where, you know, uh, she's been learning these dance moves and, and uh, they were dancing to uh, uh, Rick James, you know, (laughs) super freak. She's super freaking out. Yeah. So, and then she pulls off her, uh, her rip-away pants at the end, and everybody's appalled. They did a whole movie on this. It was, it's basically pedophilia. Netflix doesn't, doesn't mind destroying its business model for advancing pedophilia. Why not? It's unreal. People were canceling Netflix all over the place. And can you blame them? I mean, they, they have warnings on this film. One girl shows her breasts. These girls are 11, 11 freaking years old. And yet we're going to sit there and act like, eh, it's no big deal. You know, 
the tomato meter, Rotten Tomatoes, 90% Rotten Tomatoes. And when you see the headlines, it was amazing. This is from The Independent. Cuties on Netflix is too moving a film to be marred by one bad taste poster. What? Are you serious? If anyone with more than an ounce of sense really tweets about cancel Netflix because of cuties, they don't really have any. It's one of the most beautiful coming-of-age movies I've seen in many, many years. So watch it first. This is Keith Demko. Uh, yeah, and he looks like a pedophile. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst part of it. Here's another headline from The Telegraph. Cuties Netflix review. A provocative power ke- powder keg for an age terrified of child sexuality. Uh, it's unbelievable. The New Yorker? Hey, how about this one from the Los Angeles Times? Review, Cuties deserves better than it got from Netflix and from those who condemn it, sight unseen. Rolling Stone, Cuties Review, a coming-of-age movie caught in the culture wars. Uh, new? Yeah, here's the New Yorker. Cuties, the extraordinary Netflix debut that became a target of a right-wing campaign. Uh-oh, the righties, they're pouncing! They're seizing. (laughs) No, we have rational thought. We know that this is bad. And we're the ones being lectured to by the leftists about virtue. Yeah, y'all don't have any virtue because Donald Trump said grab him by the hoo-ha once. Well, we weren't making films about molesting 11-year-olds. We weren't making films with 11-year-olds twerking, humping, dry humping on stages, pulling up their shirts to show their breasts. Taking pictures of their JJ on, on somebody's mobile device? That's what we're dealing with. But Netflix, who had the model down? They went from shipping DVDs in the mail to becoming the largest streaming platform who cornered the market in the COVID break uh, lockdown because all you could do was sit back and stream. And what did they do? To push the Marxist agenda, they killed themselves all over it. You know, I mean, NFL, let's open up. College decided to punt and, and, uh, and sidetrack their opening. You had the opportunity to have the eyes of the entire world on top of the entire nation on you. And what did you do with it? You had to destroy it because it had to be Black Lives Matter and we got to deal for the anthem and social justice. And it's got to be about George Floyd, who died of fentanyl who was, can't even, he can't even breathe. He couldn't breathe when he was getting put in the cop car before he even got in the cop car. He was saying, I can't breathe because he's claustrophobic. Had nothing to do with the knee on the neck. I'm sure that didn't help. Oh, Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor was living with a drug dealer. And when the cops were trying to serve a warrant, even though they have no knock raids, which I'm against, they were identifying themselves. The, the boyfriend shot at the cops. She got caught in the crossfire. So we're going to sit there and pretend all of these events are legitimate. And then we're going to stand on the mantle of social justice and litter that crap all throughout a successful business model only to destroy it. XFL, where are you? I mean, but this is how they operate. You know, they are, they are the annoying head massaging salesman when you're in the mall and, the, you know, you walk past that kiosk and the guy is like foreign guys. Like, no, come here. And he chases you into the wet seal. That's what they have to do with their Marxism and their leftist propaganda. Look what they did to Taylor Swift. 
perfect business model. She's cornered the market on country and then pop and she's writing her own music and she's got her strong fan base and then she had to be forced to be political. Because once you do that, they elevate you beyond belief even if you suck. They lift you up out and put you on a pedestal that no one can touch and you're lauded by everyone because of your political stance. That's what they did to Trump before he decided to put a big magic R on his back. Look what Disney did with Mulan. Disney. Disney Plus rolls out. It's freaking successful, rivaling Netflix. And then they decide to film a movie in China. And then the Uyghur internment camps that we talked about in the past, uh, they credit the people who are managing that debacle and their special thanks in the credits of their movie. I mean, it's, it's sickening the links that these people will go. And now Donald Trump facilitates a Middle East deal with Israel and the UAE, and now Belarus is in on it, and now there's talk of the Taliban sitting down, and the Middle East is suddenly deciding, hey, let's make amends with Israel, and maybe we can actually work together on some of these things. He gets nominated for two Nobel Peace Prizes, and journalists want to end the Nobel Prize altogether, even though they gave it to Obama within the first week in office before he drone-striked a citizen on, on foreign soil. But, you know, we don't need to talk about how Obama lifted ISIS up and basically wanted to uh, give nuclear weapons to Iran. We want to give the Nobel Peace Prize to him, but we want to end it if it gets given to Trump. The leftists will know no bounds on the links they will go. It's why 24-hour cable news will sacrifice its business model, just like everything else. They go out there and they pull 100,000 in ratings and somehow stay on the air. CNN, when they first came out, was the new business model. There was no 24-hour cable news. CNN comes out there in the first Gulf War, stuck in the hotel in the crossfire, and reports giving firsthand under the desk, out the window of the Holiday Inn or wherever the hell they were at, and get the Marriott, and they're giving on-the-ground information as the, as the war was starting. And what do they do some 20 years later? They pee on their business model because it's not about business. It's about gathering people in a spot. And when they gathered in that spot, attack them with Marxism. And if that spot be a NFL stadium, if that spot be cable news where something is breaking, if that spot be in a movie theater or streaming at home with your kids, or going to a concert with somebody like Beyonce or Jay-Z, they have to nail you with Marxism. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. Now, I think we need to discuss what's going on in Portland and California with the wildfires, because, of course... With everything, there has to be something that can be considered organic. There has to be something insidious. It's the way it always is. So, oh, by the way, before we get off of that, remember when we were talking about cuties and Netflix, remember that the Obamas and Susan Rice are now board members and have been completely silent on the entire cuties incident. So, I mean, she was national security advisor, Susan Rice. 
Barack and Michelle Obama, president and vice uh, and first lady, and they've said nothing. But we can go on about that another time. This incident that's happening in uh, Oregon is really bizarre because what we are hearing, this is from the Seattle Times. Raging wildfires in the Pacific Northwest have fueled a barrage of false information this week as unsubstantiated social media posts blame coordinated groups of arsonists from both the far left and the far right for setting the blazes. That's the Seattle Times. Somebody noted, somebody from the area, said, fact, man arrested for setting blaze on Highway 167 is an Antifa activist. DNR has classified 30 fires in our state as arson. Is that unsubstantiated and false? (laughs) Well, listen to this lady whose husband um, was fighting the fires in Silverton, uh, Oregon, um, ran into two individuals wearing gas masks trying to set fire to a, a hay barrel in a field. And his wife exposes the entire event on a Facebook Live video. I don't know what else to do, so I'm coming live on Facebook, which I've never done before. Um, but Scott has, as you guys know, has been up on the fire, the Will Hoyt fire on a um, bulldozer for the last... 36 hours or something and he was going to go home and check on our house because um because just to check on our house and make sure that you know nobody no assholes had taken any of our stuff and he was he was driving from up on the hill and he came down the hill and um in Markham turned right and there's a hayfield right across the street from um from our driveway and there's um right before Markham Circle and um and he noticed out in the hayfield there's some big round bales and they one of them has a smiley face on it I'm sure if you live out there you know what I'm talking about and he noticed two guys in gas masks out there um and they're trying to set the the freaking field on fire the the hay bale on fire the big bale so he pulls off to the side of the road and gets out of the truck and the guys run and get in the their car and are headed towards silverton scott has been on the dozer he has no idea what's going on he doesn't know that this has been happening i know there was a sighting of two guys um in gas masks last night up on sawtell trying to start a fire which somebody then said was false and um and somewhere else as well. So I'm here to tell you that that is actually happening. Scott, watch them trying to start a fire on that round bale across from our driveway on Highway 213. Yeah, that's what her account is, because the media, of course, is not going to cover it. Now, again, this is something I need to research a little bit further, but I'm just kind of giving you a heads up overview that this may be something that's bigger than we know. This is from Jen King. And Jen talks about what's going on in uh, Oregon update on September 11th evening. All the firemen are still gone. She says, we have so much help now. People are coming from all over with water tanks in the back of their trucks, shovels and axes, or just themselves. We have warm food deliveries and organized neighbors to keep everyone safe and from thieves and evil. There's a lot of information being thrown about, but I can tell you that people's homes are being broken into. Fire, glass, bombs, they're being placed into hay fields to explode later in the heat. Suspicious people in small cars are driving around with gas cans only in their vehicles. 
I can tell you that the fires are not being extinguished by firemen at this time. They are being extinguished by locals. Not one fireman is fighting the fires here since noon yesterday because they were called to stand down. I can't speak for everywhere, but in uh, Eagle Creek, all these fires are being held back by neighbors, friends, and selfless strangers standing hand in hand. Brent and his logging crew showed us how to do it before he was ordered away. It's absolutely baffling. We are busting our asses each day to keep these smoke fires from reigniting. We are told we may see a fire truck tomorrow. I can tell you that the firemen are instructed to not put out the fires, but to save your home, something they do extremely well. I greatly appreciate that the firemen are here to save our house, and we are extremely grateful for their bravery under such risk. But the whole picture is that when they were stationed at our house, they could have done so much more had they been ordered to extinguish these flames. We had private tanks refilling their trucks in a constant flow of water, so there was no need to reserve their water levels. In stark contrast, one of the logging crew says, put it out and move on to someone else's house. I've been watching since Monday firsthand on how firemen are instructed to simply watch the flames burn and continue to follow it only while trying to save a specific home that's currently surrounded by it. Well, that may sound lovely when it's your home they're saving. They're losing sight of the bigger picture. The brush fires need to be stopped. They need to be extinguished. And the logging crew that came in on 9:10, utilizing two small water tanks on trailers, stopped the fire from advancing and continued to do work to push it back from dangerous levels. Things need to change so the firemen are allowed to fight a brush fire in these given situations so that they can be more effective. They need to get more they need to get off the cliffs, off the roads and into the bush to fight and extinguish these fires. Had it not been for Brent and his crew at the Pacific Northwest uh, Forest Contractors, we would have been absolutely we would have absolutely lost our home. I have no doubt that about that at all. It was because of him that I learned how to fight these fires. I learned how to be safe. I learned how to extinguish the flames. So she goes on to say that um, the feds have taken over. Um, logging equipment from Blue River was uh, at the event uh, as it happened and now heading down to retrieve what's left. They stayed to try to keep helping locally, but it seems to be taking some time to get coordination to take place. But it looks like the federal uh, you know, assets are asked to be issued in to help this out. But it seems to be that Antifa might be behind the fires. In fact, there's one post where she puts up, uh, let's see, some of you think we're still not being attacked. I found this individual walking in my property as I was driving in, and all he had were some matches in his hand. We walked him off the property at gunpoint, and we pushed him out to the road. Uh, we made him lay on the asphalt ground on the main road until the cops arrived. So, yeah, there's some insidious players behind these fires. In fact, look what happened in California. This is from KION. Woman accused of intentionally starting fires on Highway 101 is arrested. The Monterey, the Monterey County District Attorney's Office. Now, remember, the district attorney's offices in many of these states, the mayors, the governors, Soros funded, and they're telling rioters to stand down. I mean, uh, they're telling state police and the police department to stand down in the face of rioting and looting and with what happened with Chaz. Do you think this would be out of the norm? Remember, they did this in the Amazon. 
Remember the lungs of the earth, oh, the Amazon rainforest or the lungs of the earth, and the Brazilian populist Trump-loving leader is letting it burn when we find out they were set intentionally for chaos and to push, push the, uh, the global agenda. Well, this is from KION. The district attorney's office in Monterey County tells KION that there have been no uh, that there's no information or evidence suggesting that a woman accused of intentionally starting fires on Highway 101 has any connection to Antifa. Right. The DA said there's no evidence of that sort of activity in the area. The California Highway Patrol confirms that the woman has been arrested after accused of intentionally starting fires. They said it happened on Highway 101 near Boronda Road, and it was first reported just after 9 a.m. The number of fires was not released. The suspect identified as 37-year-old Anita Esquivel, was booked into Monterey County Jail for arson. But she looks very Antifish. <laughs> she looks like she could be an Antifa member. So I at least wanted to get you guys privy onto this because what looks like what's happening in Portland is just an extension of what you saw with Chaz. It's just an extension of what you saw with CHOP or what we saw with uh, Berkeley back in the election, uh, the 2016 election period. And, you know, these are things we have to think about because one of the things that we're looking at is they have realized local elections and federalism is the way that you defeat conservatism. Look at this. This is from InsideSources.com. Transsexual Satanist anarchist is GOP nominee for Cheshire County Sheriff. Right. Because remember, New Hampshire is a bastion for leftism. Who would be on the GOP ballot? Absolutely nobody. So if you wanted to run, you couldn't do it through the Democrat process because they've got a good old establishment network set up. But you could get on the GOP ballot. This is from the insider or inside sources. New Hampshire's first trans anarchist satanic candidate for county sheriff says they are not getting a lot of support from the Republican Party. I wonder why. Quote, I can't imagine they're happy about this. Aria Dismezzo, that's who this trans-satanic anarchist is. They're running as a Republican with the campaign slogan, F the police. And they said Friday they haven't had any support from the county or the state GOP. Dismezzo won the Republican nominee for Cheshire County Sheriff Tuesday, running unopposed in the primary. Of That's how you do it. She'll now square off with the popular incumbent Democrat, Alaya Rivera, who is running for his fifth term. See, this is how they do it. This is why you have to be worried about your school board, which I'm going to get into on another show. Because I have a personal mission with my school board and I'm going to start exposing information and names and putting it all out there for everyone to see. But this is why your cities are on fire. Your mayor and your governor, they've told the police and now the firefighters to stand down. So once you realize no one's on your side, you better start taking matters to protect you and your family and your, your loved ones and relatives, and you better get ready for election time. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to the podcast on any podcast platform available. You can listen to us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, 
Google Play, Spreaker, Overcast, wherever podcasts are held. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a good review. It's going to help us be more visible on the podcast platforms. You can also find us on the Roku channel. Uh, Look for the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store. And also donate, anchor.fm. You can leave us a message at at anchor.fm if you'd like to be on the program. And we'll see you guys next time. God bless. God bless.